I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed with the Best. Hi, Tina. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited about our special guest today. So, Me too. As you guys know, Tina and I are very passionate about women's health, and we're especially passionate about the areas of women's health that have a lot of shame or stigma around them, and the areas of women's health that just aren't talked about a lot. So today mm-hmm. is all about the pelvic floor. And if you're sitting there thinking like, do I have a pelvic floor? Is my pelvic floor okay? This is the episode for you. We are going to dive right in. So today we're really excited to welcome Mary Ellen Reeder. She is the co-director of Yarlap, the wellness device that treats urinary incontinence and improves sexual performance and experience through muscle control. Mary Ellen spends a lot of time researching and finding out what's new in the pelvic floor world, and she strives to empower women through pelvic floor health. She enjoys getting to know her customers through social media and speaking events and inspiring people about why Kegel exercises and Yarlap are so important. So we are so excited to introduce one of the leading voices in the pelvic floor wellness space, Mary Ellen Reader. Hello. Hi, Mary Ellen. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. So we'd love to just start from the very beginning. What is a pelvic floor for those people who just aren't really sure? Yeah, so your pelvic floor muscles are, if you're kind of like a visual learner like I am, kind of imagine it like a hammock. They're these muscles that are kind of strung together in a zigzag that are gone across your pubic bone and at the base of your spine to hold um, your bladder, your uterus, and those visceral organs into their natural position. So they're really, really important. And in yoga, they're kind of like considered the root. Oh, oh, the root chakra, right? Is that what they talk about? Are Mm -hmm. they talking about your pelvic floor? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Can you feel it? Like, can you feel it? If I'm just like sitting here, can I know where it is like in my body? Is that a weird question? No, it's not a weird question. Um, (laughs) Kind of usually not really. So these muscles are deeply isolated. So it's really hard, especially for women to isolate them and then control them and clench them. It's not something where it's like move your arm muscle, move, you can see it move. It's kind of like, okay, clench, do it. I hope I'm doing it kind of a situation. Got it. Got it. And I feel like I've only truly learned what a pelvic floor was recently. And as someone who's very interested in health and wellness, I am shocked that this is not talked about more. And I'm shocked that I only recently knew, you know, started to understand what it was. So why do you think it's not more of a topic of conversation in the medical world or in the health and wellness world? I think there's a lot of shame and stigma surrounding it. So it's really, really difficult. If you were to tell your doctor or your healthcare professional about the pelvic floor, they'd be like, oh yeah. And they know every single thing about it. But for us, we kind of like don't ever talk about it because we don't realize that they're there. We don't realize that we have them until basically a problem occurs. Like we pee a little bit when we laugh, sneeze or cough. We don't have a really strong orgasm. Sex is super painful. There's so many different things that can occur, but we don't realize that it's connected to the pelvic floor until we're like the middle of it thinking, oh no, something might be wrong. 
The only, like, I've only recently just, like, heard about the pelvic floor because of learning about you. And then also hearing my friends who are moms and my sister, they bring up their um, pelvic floor a lot. Talking about after childbirth, they their pelvic floor kind of gets destroyed. And I never thought it really... <laughs> mattered to me I was like well if I ever have kids like then it'll be an issue but like it could be an issue without having to give birth right like what happens oh, yeah. if you don't if you, like can you have weak pelvic floor muscles if you haven't given birth oh yeah I think that everybody has one regardless of male female everybody has a pelvic floor but for women it's really really difficult because we go through you know different stages of like menopause, childbirth, pregnancy, all different things that put a lot of pressure onto the pelvic floor muscles. And if we're not cautious or we're not aware of those muscles and we engage them and we tone them before or during um, or even after, that really, really affects the tone. So we have like women who have had a lot, who have had kids or a lot of kids and they're like, mm -hmm. I can no longer trampoline. I can't go to workout classes anymore or I can't do anything because I might pee myself or I know I have a certain amount of time before I pee myself. That's all interconnected with the pelvic floor muscles and the tone of those muscles. Yeah. It, it's so interesting, Tina, you brought up an interesting t issue, which is, yeah, you hear, oh, I don't have to worry about any of that until after I have kids or until after I'm older, which I don't think is true. And it's something that actually is really frustrating to me because we're also told as women, we don't need to get our hormones checked until menopause, which is also not true. You can fully have a hormone imbalance when you're younger. I have one that I deal with right now. And there's just not so much information. So can you talk a little bit about what are the signs that someone might not have the healthiest or strongest pelvic floor? And like, can that happen in your 20s? Oh yeah, weakening can happen. Weakening of these pelvic floor muscles can happen in your 20s. But again, we just never talk about it. It's not something that we're, anybody's really proud of. And I think that there is a lot of stigma and shame surrounding it, that you're going to be like the butt of the joke or you're getting old or any of these myths that we are bombarded with as, as women. Um, and, and none of that is really true. It does occur a lot, again, when you do mature, but usually that's because you've gone through so much stuff and you've just never engaged those muscles. Right. But it can occur when you're younger. It does occur a lot with collegiate athletes because repetitive motion, like running, jumping, does affect the pelvic floor muscles. And so a lot of people who are athletes, who are runners, really have this weakening of the pelvic floor due to that repetitive motion and that kind of bouncing and jiggling. And if you're not keeping those muscles toned, they can, they can get weaker. And so a big, there's a long laundry list of factors, but um, if you go to like WebMD or anything, don't ever self-diagnose. Let me just tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> don't ever self-diagnose. Don't be like me where you go onto WebMD and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all of these things. This is what I have. Oh my, my gosh, world we is all do it. out of control. Yep. I'm always <laughs> on the verge of, I'm always on my deathbed after yeah. going to WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> so but according to WebMD and the Mayo Clinic, um, weakening of the pelvic floor can happen for a variety of reasons, right? We talked about pelvic floor um, during childbirth, pregnancy, menopause, weight, athleticism, all these different things can occur. There's also a thing of being too clenched. So you have these hypertoned muscles. And in that case, sex can be extremely painful. Um, there are reports of basically feeling like a knife. Ooh. And it's just it's because your muscles are consistently clenched. Intercourse can be extremely painful. 
And so if you do have any of these things, definitely talk to your doctor. If you have that luxury, talk to somebody who's a licensed medical professional so you don't spiral like the three of us do when we're on it, WebMD. <laughs> but um, there is no shame. There is no stigma with this, right? Like one in three women in the United States alone will suffer from some form of urinary incontinence, one in three. Wow. Wow. But we never talk about it. No, that's a lot. And I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up, it could be weak or too tense because I actually only knew about it. Okay. You pee accidentally and mm-hmm. it's weak, like that side effect. But I actually have a good friend who is super, super tense. And it's the same thing, like really tricky going to the gynecologist. Sex can sometimes be painful. And she's actually seeing a pelvic floor specialist to help her relax in that area, which I didn't understand. There were two sides to this coin before. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different issues when it comes to the pelvic floor, but you can be super tightened. And again, that can cause childbirth to be excruciatingly oh, painful as well. I mean, no matter yeah. what, it's going to be painful, right? yeah. <laughs> but if you have these super clenched muscles, it can be very, very difficult. And when it comes to these super toned pelvic floor muscles or not toned, super tightened pelvic floor muscles, you don't want to do Kegel exercises. Um, and I think a big thing, a big myth that I also believe before doing Yarlap and everything was that the Kegel is a one size fits all miracle exercise, right? Because it's the only one that we read about, the only one that we really see when it comes to the pelvic floor muscles and keeping those toned and keeping those well. But if you have a super tight muscle, clenching those muscles with a Kegel, is not going to be your best bet. It's not something that you want to do. You don't want to clench an already clenched muscle. You want to learn how to relax those. And so even when it does come to pelvic floor awareness, there is still that kind of gap where everybody just assumes kegels Mm -hmm. are it and that's all I have to do and it's not true because you could have a super tight muscle and you don't want to be doing kegels so can you speak a little bit you've come up with sort of a solution or invented um the yarlap can you talk about the yarlap and and what it is and how that is helpful for what we're discussing right now yeah so the yarlap was actually created by myself and my dad. So my dad and I are co-founders of Yara Lab and which is bizarre. Like a super progressive family. You guys must be like really <laughs> a cool open family. Feminist Love dad, it. for sure. Yes. And um, the Yara Lab is FDA clear to treat urinary incontinence. And what it does is it sends a signal into your pelvic floor muscles to do the exercises for you. So a lot of times women are told to do these exercises And we're okay, great. And we're pumped and we're excited because we have a solution, but theory is way easier than practice. And so over 50% of women who try to do a Kegel exercise cannot do them correctly. We end up using our rear ends, Mm -hmm. our butt, our thighs, or our abs. And if you're engaging those muscles, you're not engaging the pelvic floor muscles or you're not engaging them in their entirety. And so it's kind of like doing any other exercise for any other muscle. If you're not doing the proper form, you're not getting the proper benefit. And so it was really difficult because we are told the solution. We do have the solution to do this exercise, but there's this massive gap of actually getting the benefits and doing those exercises properly. So that's where the Yarlap fits in, where it's like, if you just don't know how to do it, or you're worried, or you have all these, like, what if I'm not doing the right exercise? What if I'm not doing it properly? What about if I'm not even (laughs) using the right muscles? 
And it just takes all the that guesswork right out of the equation and just does it for you. So you insert it like a tampon. It sends that signal directly to the muscles. It does everything for you. All you have to do is literally just sit there and just reap the benefits. That's amazing. Is it a relaxing experience? Is it, I, I'm imagining it being like very like, I don't know. Is it, is it a sexual experience? Like, what does it feel like? Is it painful? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. So yeah, everybody's like, what does that exactly yeah. feel like? Because I don't really know what that entails. We've got a lot of reports where we say like, it feels like a handshake in your vagina. It feels like butterflies. Uh-huh. And then some people are like, no, it just feels like your muscle is moving. Yeah. Like how you would originally believe that those muscles are moving it's a different set because it's engaging the correct muscles but it's just that muscle movement feeling so there's no pain or discomfort anything like that with the yara lap it's extremely comfortable we actually have women who call us because they accidentally fell asleep while using it (gasps) (laughs) and they're like is this okay am i all right we're like yeah the yara lap has so many safety features you're fine you're fine but also like kudos to you for being (laughs) so relaxed that's Um, incredible and I actually thought that I was under the impression in doing my own research and this is kind of how vague some of it can be that when you're active healthy person your pelvic floor should be just like working out as a byproduct of that but I'm learning that that's not true that you actually have to do some more very specific work to have a healthy pelvic floor and it sounds like this would really help with that oh yeah Yes, we're very proud about what we do. We work with physical therapists and like urologists who do work with a lot of different doctors because it is, again, really hard to tell a patient like do this exercise or like relax your pelvic floor muscles. And they're like, okay, don't know how to do that. Or like, I completely forgot the instructions or I genuinely don't have any idea what you're talking about. And I have absolutely no sensation. Help me out. And that's kind of like where the Yarlat comes in is training wheels to just do every single thing for you. So you don't have to worry about that, right? Like it's 2021. We have so many other problems that we have to think about. Toning our pelvic floor doesn't need to be one of them. We got you covered. (laughs) I love that. I love anything where you can just take the guesswork out of it and it's done for you. Um, Exactly. Can you go into specifically, just for anyone who's really new to this, What are signs of a weak pelvic floor, a too tense pelvic floor, and a healthy pelvic floor? Yeah. So weakened pelvic floor can occur whether there's muscle atrophy, so muscle weakening because they haven't been used in a while, um, or because they're too uh, tense, right? So some of these can occur either direction. Um, Peeing when you laugh, sneeze, cough is a big, big one because your pelvic floor muscles are no longer able to control that when that pressure is put down. Tense, again, sex can be extremely painful. Um, You kind of just want to steer clear of it all the time. That kind of sounds, and it's resonating with you. Talk to your doctor. Um, Menopause and all that other stuff, again, Lack of a good orgasm is a really big indicator. There is, there are with any women's wellness, there's multiple different theories of what is going on and why it's going on. But the orgasm, some people believe that is basically a maintenance switch almost for women. So when you're having an orgasm, you know, that clenching feeling that you feel like a pulse, 
Mm-hmm. That's your pelvic floor muscle. And that's your pelvic floor what? muscle doing a Kegel. And so when you're doing, when you're having this orgasm, it's your body basically going, yep, we know what we're doing. And uh, we're all good down here. The maintenance switch is on. Okay. What? Good to go. And so that's a big indicator. You know, if you're just like not having a really good orgasm, that could be a big one. That's your maintenance switch kind of going, hey, we need a little love. We need a little help down here. Please, please pay attention wow. to me. Right. But you're also saying we should be having more in general Mm -hmm. for our health. Yes. Everybody (laughs) has multiple orgasms. Everybody has multiple really mind-blowing orgasms. I love because it's for your health. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But your pelvic floor is not just something that is like, okay, I have to pay attention to when I'm a pregnant person or when I'm Mm -hmm. having kids or after I've had kids. It's something that also deeply ingrains itself in your sexual wellness. Like we said, the orgasm is a big one. Your clitoris runs right along your pelvic floor muscles. So your clitoris is actually like an iceberg where you see 20% of it, right? You see that clitoral Uh gland, you see the bulb gland, but then there's so much more of it within the body that goes down towards your thighs, maybe your around your anus, it's massive. And part of it runs right along that pelvic floor muscle. So when you're doing a Kegel exercise or you're having this orgasm, it's clenching those muscles. And what you want to do is you want to have really good muscle memory. So um, muscle memory is like basically second nature. You know what you're doing. You've done it. You've practiced it so often you can basically go on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) when you're doing these exercises and you're having this orgasm and your muscles are clenching, your body goes into muscle memory and goes, hey guys, I know how to do this. And I know how to do it bigger, better, faster, stronger. I did quote Kanye, but it does do that. (laughs) It, It does do that. And it kicks in and you have this like intense response to the orgasm, which is why you always see in these different publications of like, if you want to have a great experience in bed, click here for the exercise or do this and it'll be great. And that's kind of, it is clickbait, but essentially your kegels are super, super important to that orgasm response. Wow. What's the dream? Like, what is the dream pelvic floor? How does like the best, healthiest pelvic floor of all time function? You don't laugh when you, or you don't, you don't laugh. Uh, (laughs) Hold up. Um, The best kind of way is that it's, you don't really realize that it's there. Everything is fine. You don't have this uh uh-oh moment or a moment. Um, You don't have to hold your breath when you're laughing. You don't have to have anxiety when you're having sex. It's just basically like any other well-toned part of your body where you know it's okay. So it's kind of like, it's no longer a worry spot in your life or in your wellness. Um, You can clench those muscles and relax them on command. And a lot of people aren't able to do both of those, right? So a lot of people are like, I have to clench to have a really strong pelvic floor muscle. And like we talked about, it's not going to work for everybody. Sometimes you have to relax to get that tone. And so it's kind of a yin yang situation where you do have to have the ability to clench and relax on command. Both are extremely important to total pelvic floor muscle control. Wow. I've, I think yeah. I've been doing what I, what I think is a Kegel, like this whole interview. And I'm guaranteed like all the listeners, like we're all Kegeling right now or trying to at least. <laughs> um, but I'm realizing like the pelvic floor is, is I'm trying to, I'm, I'm very visual. So I'm like, it's like higher up than I'm imagining because like I must, I always thought that Kegeling was like a lower situation. Like I think I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So I want to go back to the Yarlap 
And I want to go back to, okay, first of all, what is, what does the name mean? What is Yarlap? And how did, how did this come about? Like what, how did this start? What's the origin story and how long has it taken you to get to where you are now? Yeah. So because we have FDA clearance, it took us a very long time. Um, It wasn't like we woke up one day and we're like, we're going to be really, really great pelvic floor exercise toning device. It wasn't like we woke up one day and that was going to be our goal. Um, It was like years of work and thousands of pieces of paperwork and different studies to get to where we were. Um, But the Yarlap comes, it's kind of a sneaky name um, because, you know, there's a lot of like nuances in it, but Mm -hmm. Yar is a sailing term for trim, fit, um, best of shape. And a lap is the old English word for your vulvovaginal area. So the Yar lap is like a trim, best shape of your life, um, well-toned vulvovaginal area. Nice. Perfect. Love that. Love that. (laughs) And how often are you supposed to use it? And okay, so I'm assuming, so say someone's interested. I would I would assume the first step is to talk to your doctor and then look into the ER lab. And then once you have it, how often are we supposed to be using it? Three to five days a week. Um, and that doesn't seem like a lot to a lot of people, but the ER lab is extremely comfortable, at, but it's still a high intensity workout. And you are dealing with these muscles that have to basically gently be toned back to natural position, natural tone, because like anything with muscle rehabilitation, you don't want to push it. You don't want to overwork. You don't want to overexert yourself. Flow and steady always wins the race in any form of muscle rehabilitation. Your pelvic floor is no different. So three to five days a week, we are over the counter, but I'm a big proponent of if you do have the luxury to talk to a medical professional to ask where the tone is of your pelvic floor, right? Mm. If you have a too tight pelvic floor muscle, you don't want to use the clenching exercises in the ER lap. You want to use the relaxation one. Oh, um, so there's so two for me, it's really settings. Important. Are there two settings on the yes. ER lap? Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. So there are relaxation massage programs, and then there are the ones that we kind of associate with Kegels where they do kind of clench your pelvic floor muscles. So it's a both of those. So you do get total pelvic floor muscle control through clenching and relaxing on command. But again, I know that talking to your doctor is an extreme luxury. So if you do have that ability, I, tr- I try to tell everybody, please talk to your doctor. Because I think that the big thing is that there is that shame, that embarrassment around it. And so people don't want to talk to their doctor because then it becomes a reality or they're afraid that their doctor is going to be like, well, you're screwed. Um, right. This is just a part of being a woman. Good luck. And it's just right. That's which not happens. Kind of how, that's not how it is. Yeah. No. And and which happens a lot, which is why I, I really love what you're doing, because so many women, if they're struggling with anything in that area or anything different, a painful period, their weight, just exhaustion, it goes so unrecognized and undiagnosed because so many doctors say, oh, you're just getting older. You're just tired. You're just mm-hmm. stressed. Oh, you just had kids. And so I really, really love what you're doing. I want to ask, so for a woman who maybe cannot afford this product or who is, doesn't have health insurance right now or something, it, it does not have a doctor to ask, but feels like there could be something going on with her pelvic floor. Is there a first step that that woman could do on her own? Yeah. So there are plenty of resources out there. So what I would suggest doing is see about where your pelvic floor kind of 
control is. Um, there's something called the Oxford test. Again, not I'm not a licensed healthcare professional, can't diagnose sure. you, can't really do anything. Um, sure. And I have told everybody to go see their doctor. The yes. Oxford test is really crude if you think about it, but um, it's when they stick a finger in your vagina and ask you if you can clench it. And if you're able to clench it, they're like, okay, you have some tone of those pelvic floor muscles. Uh, but not everybody wants to stick their finger in their own vagina or have somebody else stick a finger in their own vagina because that's Fair, extremely right. personal. Yes. Um, and it's not fun and you can't do it in public. Right. I would suggest kind of seeing where that tone is. A lot of people also do that thing where they stop midstream when they pee because uh-huh. um, they've read somewhere online that that's like a good way to tone the pelvic floor muscles. I would say you could do that once, but please don't make a habit of it because it could lead to a UTI if you it, continuously do that. Yeah, it really it, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some people are like, well, I do that. I stop my pee every time I pee. And like, I'm on the phone. I'm like, please don't, please do, don't that. do that. Don't do that. Um, because it's a short-term fix. Mm-hmm. It's not something that um, that you should do because again, stopping your pee mid flow could cause a UTI. Um, but I do understand the practicality of it of like seeing maybe if you can clench those pelvic floor muscles to stop the flow of urine. But try that like once or twice. Um, but don't make a habit of doing it because it's not okay. Yeah, um, right. There are a lot of different places. There's like the National uh, Foundation for Continence that's really good to look at. They have things for both relaxation. And and exercises and they have the step-by-step instructions. If it's okay with you guys, like I kind of walk you through one of each, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, oh, please. So please. Clenching one, there's one where you kind of think either a string or a marble is on your seat. And so this is kind of a clenching exercise. So if you think that there is a marble uh, on your chair, right where your vagina opening is, right? Think about it there. What you want to do is you want to pick that marble up, clench and push up and grab that marble and basically bring it back inside of you. Hold it for three to five seconds. So one, two, three, four, five, release. I and then you release I, it for yeah. five. Yeah. I think I just so did do that. that for five I just seconds. did that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was and great. You can do that for, you know, three to five seconds, hold, clench, release that pattern. And you want to do that. You can do it. 15 to 20 reps multiple times a day, but you really kind of want to concentrate and really do it like we just did right now. It's not something that I think is super easy. Like you could be at a bar and be going like, I just did a cable exercise. (laughs) Aren't you excited for me? It it takes a lot of like mental preparedness. You have to be super focused on it because again, you don't want to use your butt. You don't want to use your thighs and you don't want to use your abs um, to do that because those aren't your pelvic floor muscles. Uh, And the string one is very, very similar to that. So instead of a marble, it's a string at the base of where your pelvic floor muscles are. So first you have to kind of know where those are. So it's... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a tricky exercise. It's a little bit misleading, but just imagine that there is a string at the very base and it goes all the way to the top of your head and you want to pull on that string. So you pull those muscles up, hold two, three, five, and then you want to release it. And you can do that and pull the string again, 15 to 20 times, three times a day, and just kind of do that continuously. Self-initiated Kegel exercises are great if Kegel exercises are right for you. But again, you really, really want to focus, make sure that you are using the correct muscles. You're doing it for the right amount of time and that you're really engaging the entirety of those muscles. You're not just doing one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, 
relaxation is a little bit different again, because you're relaxing the muscles, you're not clenching them. And for this one, it's the easiest to lie on the floor. So I don't think any of us can really do that right now, but you want to lay on the floor and basically do a diaphragm exercise, a deep breathing exercise. So when you inhale and your stomach goes up, your muscles kind of go and relax, exhale into the natural position, inhale, deep breathing in the pelvic floor muscles, relax, exhale back into it. I will say Tina and I are both singers and that felt a little bit like in a voice lesson of like breathing from the end of your diaphragm. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we're very (laughs) used to deep breathing exercises. So you guys without knowing have been doing this for a very long time. Yes. Yes, yes. exactly. I, well, okay. Those three were very, very helpful. They're very more nuanced and specific than what you hear of just like tighten and release. Exactly. But yeah. The, the the visual, you know, the marble, the string, um, super helpful. That's so I, helpful. I also really want to ask you, you seem so passionate about women's health and about eliminating any shame and stigma. And Tina and I totally share that. And where does that come from in you? Where does that passion come from in you? So I... <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I used to work for women for women international as an intern. So I was doing stuff like for women's voting and all these other things. And I realized that in a society, when a woman or the, you know, when a woman is happy and well cared for society in general is happy and well cared for it really, they are the root. We are the root. And, um, we had a friend, you know, in the Midwest where it's like, Oh, this is my cousin, but they're not really your cousin. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of that situation. We had one of them and she had urinary incontinence to the point where she knew she had 45 minutes. That was it. She knew and she couldn't leave the house at certain points. She stopped dating because she couldn't go anywhere. And she's like, I'm not going to risk peeing myself on a date. Even if I am wearing product, I'm not doing that. And she became basically a hermit. And my dad designed pelvic floor exercise devices like the Yarlap for the national healthcare system in um, Great Britain, Germany, Scandinavia, and France. And so we kind of ignorantly believed that the United States had something similar to offer women where it was like, okay, you have a weak pelvic floor muscle here, take this covered by insurance, Mm -hmm. whatever. And we were appalled, I guess, um, that there was really nothing available to women here in the United States. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like a, well, (laughs) the cards you drew, good luck. You can't do the exercises on your own. Just read them and weep. And I mean, this was quite a few years ago, but I don't know if much has changed. And um, so we're like, go talk to your doctor, like ask for this kind of a device, get those muscles back toned. Like it's not a lost cause. It's not something you have to live with for the rest of your life. It's about muscle tone. And basically was told there's nothing really available um, with your coverage. There's nothing really available that we can give you. If you can't do these exercises, it's your luck. Um, And so that kind of came birth to the RLAP because we knew we had the resources. We knew we had the design. We knew we had everything we needed to bring that kind of care to the United States to women who really needed it because there wasn't really much that was available um, that was designed by women there um, for your pelvic floor, for that tone, for that relaxation. And so once we designed it, once it came to market years later, she was one of the first people that got that we gifted it to. We're like, here, this is great. It, you know it works. Um, and I was in college at the time. And my dad was like, I think that this is something that you could really be a part of. You know, you're never shy about anything. <laughs> um, try, you know, look about it. And I thought, no, I don't really want to work with like, um, I always associated with diapers and other Mm -hmm. incontinence products and 
older people. And I was like, I don't really think that's what I want to do. I'm really passionate about helping women like who are my age, who are in their thirties. And he was like, just do a, a little bit of research. And so I did. And I fell into a black hole um, that I have yet to come out of, <laughs> of just like research and all these information, all these statistical information. And I realized that like two of my closest friends had this issue, but they wow. didn't call it incontinence or like this. Is, I just laugh a little bit when I pee a little bit when I laugh or she's like, oh, when I have like the flu or anything like that, and I have to blow my nose really hard, I pee, but it's literally only when I'm sick. Wow. Um, and she's like, and I'm not old. I'm not old. And I was like, the love of God, this is your tone of your pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Like this is not something that you, it's not something that's for older women. It's not anything that you have to be ashamed of. Um, it's just a part of your body that just needs a little bit of a tune up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that, that there was that disconnect of people who had bladder leaks where they were like, I run all the time. I do Pilates. I have had two kids, but I laugh, pee, and I cough, pee. I can't be on a trampoline and I pee, but I work out. And I'm like, there. but do you do those exercises specifically targeting those muscles? Because if not, that could lead to weakening. Yeah. Um, there is no shame in it. You could be in the greatest shape of your life, but if you're not targeting these muscles, incontinence could still be on the table. And so for me, it's more like bring awareness to women that you don't have to be older. You don't have to be out of shape. You don't have to have kids. It can be all sorts of different things. And we um, have gone through a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of obstacles because we do talk about vaginal health. We do talk about the orgasm um, and a lot of places <laughs> won't allow us to publish stuff because they say what we're talking about is strictly sexual. Ugh. We're like, no, just because something has to do with the vagina does not make it sexual. Mm-hmm. It's just like talking about your lungs. It's like talking about any other organ or any other muscle group. It's not always about sex. Yeah. And it's a pretty I crucial mean, this touch- body part. Right. It's a pretty crucial and important body part. And this touches on like an even bigger issue that we don't even have time to get into about, I mean, when you hear about ratings in movies, I mean, if you show a boob, God forbid, but you can like be chopping people's heads off and it's still PG-13. Or I remember a few years ago, the woman who created Thanks was having a hard time advertising in the New York City subways, but plastic surgery, breast Mm -hmm. enhancements could be advertised, but God forbid we talk about women's periods in the New York City subway because it might offend someone. It's it's truly an issue. And I just really, really applaud yes. you for bringing so much awareness and education to it because it also takes the fault off women, this education, because a woman might feel like, oh, I'm getting older. Oh, I just had a lot of kids. I'm doing something wrong. And it's really not a woman's fault. Like you said, take all the emotions and all, there's no blame. Just it's a muscle that needs a little tune up. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I I love that you said that. It simplifies it. It takes any fault or blame away. Um, Yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. Um, Well, I have a question. So um, I'm actually seeing the gynecologist, my gynecologist on Tuesday. So now I want to I want to know exactly what I should ask, what I should say. How do I bring up the Yarlap? How do I say I want to start using it? Is it a good device for me? How do I describe it to my doctor? And what do I ask for in that in that yeah. appointment? Yeah. So I would suggest talking about the pelvic floor, um, just bringing it up and being like, I would like to know about the tone of my pelvic floor. Am I good to go? Do I need to be doing exercises? Should I be learning how to relax these muscles? Um, is there anything that you can kind of help me? And most likely they'll talk about your tone and they'll give you a little pamphlet mm-hmm. with Kegel exercises, some brief steps, 
why they're important. Um, or they'll tell you to look them up and uh-huh. do those exercises that you find. And um, if they say that, then just say, you know, I had I've seen or I've heard about this device called the Yarlap. It's FDA okay. cleared. It's a neuromuscle electrostimulation mouthful. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's like you have marbles in your mouth. It's so you can ask like NMES neuromuscle electrostimulation device that does the exercise for you. Do you think that this is something that's appropriate for me? Do you think that this could help me um, either treat what's going on or maintain the current tone? I think that that would be a really great segue into it, but really find out about the tone of your pelvic floor muscles and ask if there is something that like you need to do. Should you be focusing on relaxing these muscles? Should you be focusing on the tone? Are you going to do a more preventative measure or are you doing a more treatment measure to get the tone back kind of a Gotcha. Situation. Okay. So we really want to ask about the tone and if it's relaxation or mm-hmm. if it's strengthening the, the pelvic floor and the doctors, they're going to, they're going right. to know what we're talking about, right? Like we're going to say, they okay. <laughs> if they're worth, <laughs> if they're worth their salt. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if you're, if you're seeing a physical therapist that, that focuses on the pelvic floor, or you're just seeing a physical therapist in general, they should really be very well-versed in the pelvic floor muscles. Um, And you can ask them about it as well and ask, you know, if this is something that you can use alongside of your physical therapy, because usually we have one appointment a week and between those we're expected to do these exercises and we're expected to do them correctly. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. Again, we forget the instructions. We forget to do it. We don't find time um, or we get completely, it's a daunting thought. So we just push it off to the side. Um, And so the yard lab kind of can be the training wheels between each of these appointments, Mm -hmm. but talk to your doctor, talk to your physical therapist, whomever you want um, to talk and figure out where your focus should be. Awesome. Amazing. And if one of our listeners are interested or thinking right now, oh my gosh, I need to get this. Where are we finding it? Where are we finding you? How do they look for it? Yeah. So if you're interested or you have questions, you can ask us um, on our website at yarlap.com, yarlap.com. We're also on Amazon as well. Um, Either way, I know it's like a two-day prime. How can you beat that? Um, Except our website, we actually basically (laughs) try to align ourselves with Amazon. We're like two days and it's kind of like a race for our warehouse (laughs) people. It's kind of cute. Um, And, but yeah, I think that it's really important to talk about those pelvic floor muscles, figure out which one you want to do, right? Relax, tone, or both, right? Um, Both are extremely important. So if you're in that lucky position where both of them are good. I I want one. I need to go order one right now. I'm so excited. I I want one of these. Also, I want everyone listening. Let's talk to our girlfriends about our pelvic floors. Let's just check in. Let's, let's no longer have this be off limits. Let's see how we're all doing. Ask your friend, ask your mom, like let's, let's talk about this more. Exactly. Everybody knows somebody who has it. I I'm convinced. And, um, before we end, I actually have a really weird story, but, um, at a baby shower that I was at and the, my friend, she was the mom to be, and she was, she's always been terrified. She was a little bit worried that everything was going to be destroyed, right? Nothing was going to come back. And she was already having that issue where she was peeing when she left or like the baby would jump on her bladder as a trampoline. And during the baby shower, somebody was like, oh, get used to that. That's just a way that's just part of being a mom now. Get used to it. 
and I don't know what happened to me because I'm pretty sure I (laughs) blacked out at this moment out of rage but I like turned around and I was like don't ever say that to her that is not true that's false it's a myth it's all about your pelvic floor muscles and I was like in fact I was like whip up the tv screen and connected it to a computer because I had a flash drive that had a powerpoint of the pelvic floor (laughs) muscle because we turned it into a pdf and it was at it's on our website it's like the the relationship between the clitoris and the pelvic floor and the opening page is just a bunch of vulva and you just had this like on hand like this ready to go yes because I was (laughs) on my way to go to the copy shop to print them off into hard copies and also to turn it into a pdf that was available for the website and so I was like I just I have it on this (laughs) keychain on my on my car keys and I'm not even kidding you in the middle of this baby shower. I had like a 10 minute presentation, 10, 15 minute presentation on the pelvic floor and why women should have multiple orgasms and why everybody should be toning their pelvic floor muscles and how it's a myth that moms should pee themselves for the rest of their lives. And like, by the end of it, they were just like staring at me. I was like, I'm pretty sure I just (laughs) killed the boy. I think that should be like the new baby shower. you. You know, you play your games, you have your food, and then you have a presentation on vulvas. Like that should be exactly what happens at a baby shower (laughs) yes I was literally just thinking that can that please be the new baby shower tradition okay and now for the 10 minute (laughs) educational segment on your own anatomy that we should all know but there's no education around it so we're gonna do it now I love that story my dream. I love that. And you know, it's so funny that that woman said that. Of course she did because women are so used to just being in pain in general between childbirth, painful periods, whatever the hell you have, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, hormone changes, headaches, whatever. We're just really used to not feeling great and pushing through and just thinking that it's mm-hmm. normal. So right, like pain is normal or like inconvenience yeah. is, is normal. And it's like, no, it's not. Exactly. And I love that your message is it does not have to be that way. I love, that. I love it so much. Okay. Art, before we go, can you leave us with some of your favorite women's health and wellness resources in general. It does not have to be pelvic floor related. It could be another podcast, a book, a website, a show, like literally anything, just like some of your favorite educational women's health resources. Yeah. So there now I feel like in the past few years, I'd say like the past five years, there have been, there's been a lot more focus on women's health and women's wellness, especially like in the vaginal area. So most of the stuff is within the past five years, but um, there's a podcast called sex with the DB and she talks about everything under the sun. Um, I mean, anything, anything and everything, nothing is off limits. And she really goes into like the anatomy. It's like having a sex education, that health class, but how it would be if there weren't mm-hmm. any restrictions. So there are different like classes, and not classes, but episodes that feel kind of like classes because there's so much information. Um, and I think anything, everything, I think the last one I saw was like her talking about anal sex. But um, and like I said, anything is on the table. Um, I think that that's what she's doing is really, really important. She is a PhD. So what she's talking about is well-researched too. It's Um, So I really applaud that. And there's a writer named Elizabeth Kiefer. I believe she's now the 
editor of in style or women's health or something. And she did a lot of research and writing on the pelvic floor muscles because she had friends who had issues. And she was like, why is everybody telling you that this is normal? So she did a lot of research and a lot of stuff for her masters where she was talking about women's health. So she's a really great resource, great person to talk to. Um, And I think Bustle does a really good job at talking about things for all reproductive, right? It doesn't matter if it's your period or whatever they have an article on it. And I think that they do a really good job at making it very simple because for me, sometimes the jargon is a lot and it's daunting. I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. And it's like five syllables. <laughs> um, and so they're able to kind of like say, this is this is something really great if you have PCOS, endometriosis, urinary incontinence, issues having orgasm. These are great apps that you can use. These are great devices. These are some great therapists all these different things, because it's not just a physical manifestation. A lot of the times it affects, it affects our mental state as well. Um, And I think that our mental health takes a a big toll. It's not just Mm -hmm. our pelvic floor health, right? It also is like this idea of like isolating myself. Mm -hmm. It's only me. I am the only one that has this problem. I'm going to be made the butt of a joke. It's embarrassing. I don't want to talk to anybody. So you isolate and that takes a toll on your mental health. And so it's, it's not just an a one area. It's not just your period. It's not just, you know, vaginal health or anything like that. It does tie very heavily with mental health. And so I think that they have a lot of different resources as well um, that kind of blend all of that physical and mental manifestations of what were kind of these obstacles were thrown. That is amazing. Wow. Marianne, oh we're obsessed with you. You're incredible. I love how <laughs> articulate you are, passionate you are, and are just so I, – I, I just – I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with you. You're amazing. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. It was like having like co- – it was like having time yes. with you guys. Like it was just so nice Good. and relaxing. It was oh, really, my really gosh. Great. We're so happy. Thank you so much for this valuable information. Thank you so yes, much for your you. time. Thank you so much for what you're doing to eliminate stigma and shame around women's health. We are just so happy to know you now. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. So fun. so fun. Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys. Don't forget to like, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Obsessed with the Best Pod. Hosted on dimlywit.com.